I'm really, I'm really uh, happy to have you on this call today. And hopefully, whatever you have uh, questions, try to put them in the chat uh, so we can really, you know, later on uh, get Leila's uh, feedback uh, from uh, first-hand experience, not just high-level. So now that we can start, uh, I'm really interested to understand more. We ran a survey, Leila. So that we ran a survey about smart cities mm-hmm. and what smart city initiatives do you think are the most important? We gave them uh, four different options or actually three and other to comment. Transport, technology, urban life, e-government, and uh, the fourth one was other. With that, you know, the majority voted uh, transport technology. So would you mind defining what is really smart cities? To me, I will say it is mixed for everything you have. So I can say that what you have mentioned is all about it. Because when you speak about smart city, it's about everything. The first thing that I will have to say, I have to link it to sustainability. Because smart cities is about our cities, the cities that we are living on. It. So it's, when we mention the sustainability, it's about me, me as Leila or you, Rodi. Are we really satisfied or happy to live in that city. For example, today I met one lady and she said, I was on a city, it's a very well-known and so on, but I did not feel comfortable, although it is very well developed and so on. But she said, it is not the city that I really want to live on it for the rest of my life. So this is one question that we need to ask ourselves. Are our cities sustainable? Are we going to live on it forever or it is temporary? So we have to link the smartness with sustainability because some cities, you know, they are becoming full of buildings. There is nothing green on that area. Sometimes also because I'm a citizen, I want green city. I want to feel that I'm able to walk to feel secure, safe, to uh, work on that. And when we define the smart city, although the technology is coming to solve some challenges, but we have to also to make sure it is planned very well as urban planning, then it has all the basic services as uh, different sectors. And when we say different sectors, what are the basic services I am as a citizen that I will need in this city and to not let me immigrate, for example, or transfer or drive to the other city so I can get that basic services. Do I have schools nearby? Do I have, uh, for example, uh, very well hospitals nearby? Right. So all of that in one city. So, yes. And then I can use the technology so it can make my life easier. For example, do I have to register my kids by going or driving to that school or I can register them from home? So you can see how we are now using the technology because the technology started when you know, some mega cities, and when I say mega cities, it's about the cities that have population more than 10 million uh, population, uh, like Tokyo, Shanghai, and other cities in India. Uh, these cities, because of the you know, huge population uh, of these cities, they started getting a lot of challenges because you know, have a lot of people living in that city means that you are going to have traffic issues, you are going to have pollution issues, you are going to have environment issues, uh, people are not going uh, to have, for example, uh, jobs, uh, which means that would cause other challenges. For example, people are not ha- finding even food to eat, which will push them, for example, to robbery or making crimes and so on. So we are trying to use the technology also to empower the digital economy, create more uh, jobs for the people, aligned to the smart city concept. That is, uh, in my general, that we have uh, to make sure that smart city is covering all of that, you know, uh, what you have mentioned. Because what's the point of having technology and there is no security? What's the point of having, you know, technology and there is no green yards for 
kids or the families to play back and so on. So we have to make sure that we have integration of all of these components in our cities. Oh, that's great that you mentioned all of these components because uh, many of us actually hold that smart cities is about uh, you know, only technology and that yeah. aspect of technology. It's not any more or any less. Where actually it's way beyond the technology, or right? the technology is only the enable and all of the late technologies, because we know we have uh, not just you know IT, AI, uh, physical, and uh, you know operations and uh, advanced systems and so on, and robotics today also are taking the role. It's not about only those; it's way beyond of this. So uh, thank you for that definition, and then I'll move to my. If I can also add one one more thing. Yeah, uh, sure. Finally, you know, it's all uh, with the, you know, the definition of smart cities. It's about improving quality of life for citizens. And as I mentioned earlier, how can we improve the quality of life uh, of citizens and make them happy? And when I say make them happy, you know, it reminds me with a small village in uh, Portugal. It's called Gamaraj. It's one of the oldest uh, cities in Portugal. I lived there for three months. Most of the people who are living on that uh, city are the old people. But you can see that people there are so much happy. And I loved, you know, the concept of happiness. And it was secure. I am as a woman. And, you know, I'm also uh, in a very foreign country. It was, you know, okay for me to go at night and walk because it was really secure. But I cannot, for example, walk alone in big cities. So, uh, and what I love on that city, you know, the mayor of that city, he tried to attract some investment. Although it's a small village, but they have the office of the UNU IGA. IGAB is one of the United Nations offices. So uh, instead of it is uh, to be in Lisbona or Porto, which are the two biggest cities in Portugal, it was there in Gamaraj. And it was really surprising. See, how can you do it? So you can see, you know, the mayor of that village, he was so much, uh, you know, clever. He said, I want to attract more people to visit us because he also wants also to encourage young generation live in Gamaraj, not just the old generation. That's why he made it, you know, uh, to host the office of the United Nations to be on that city. So I really love also to take Gamaraj as one of the examples because when I lived there, I felt happy. And I'm always, you know, uh, linking the happiness with smart cities. Yeah, and this is a good example of how you can drive economy, drive, you know, not just security and having a better place to live, but also the economy because I would love to have myself allocated there because of that freedom, you know, walking at night or having that freedom of, you know, safety is, 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 is crucial. So, uh, Leila, do you mind telling us about the state smart city in the Middle East and, of course, later on in what's happening in Oman? Yeah, that would be really interesting to share because I'm sure that most of us, you know, around the world, we have almost like similar stories. Uh, when we started at Oman, it was a bottom-up uh, approach. Uh, uh, and I already mentioned that earlier, my story, how it started with the Smart City project. Uh, it started in 2017 till 2020. We started just as a knowledge uh, you know, uh, sharing a platform. So uh, when we started, it was not clear for everyone what we really want uh, to achieve. And we said we will keep on the, you know, in the knowledge sharing and we have conducted different hackathons and so on. We knew that by 2020, we have the vision of smart city part of Oman 2040 vision. So you can see the impact of the first phase and now it's becoming now top uh, top bottom approach. Now, you know, the top uh, organizations started talking about smart cities. Now we have leading leading organizations when it comes to the smart cities because everyone they are asking me a question. Who's going to lead smart city? And I'm telling them it's not one sector. It has to be at a national level. So we can have two approaches when it comes to the smart cities. 
it has to be at the national level and then at city's level. Because, you know, in Oman, we have 11 governments. Each governor has different cities under him. So uh, uh, we decided to, uh, we, the different organization, because I was part of the Minister of Transportation, uh, Communication and ICT sector. We were handling the, you know, the part of smart city with the technology. And we have another organization, the Urban Planning Organization, which is part of the housing. They launched the strategy of the urban planning last year and the good you know the good experience about that we tried to implement our strategy similar to china uh, experience so when it comes to the global collaboration we are trying to see the best practices that we can bring it with us and learn from their experience because china started you know earlier because uh, they have a huge uh, cities with huge population so they started first with urban planning as soon as they started the urban planning, they have pilot projects. It's almost the same story what we have in Oman. We have the urban planning have been, you know, launched last year. And then we say, let us have pilot projects. And who's going to work closely with these uh, pilot projects? It will be, for example, we from the technology side at the government level uh, and also the governors so they can implement these, uh, you know, the solution when it comes to the smart uh, cities in their cities. And also a ministry of you know, urban planning to make sure they are giving the support to these cities when it comes to the data or the urban planning and so on. And, uh, you know, when we uh, have uh, recently, there was a cyclone that hit uh, Oman. It was called Shaheen. And we have three cities in the coast of Oman. It was very, they were very close from the, you know, the coast. So a lot of houses, thousands of houses, you know, they were damaged. So the good news that the urban planning, they came and they say, here is our new strategy. How can we build new houses in you know blocks where people can live peacefully away from the coast, so we can be you know we can avoid such uh, cases in the future. The technology are coming. They say, okay, we're gonna support you with the city with providing smart solutions, and you know the governors they are coming from the other side. They say we're gonna push it so we can achieve it. So you can see the integration of different sectors when it comes to the implementation. Also, we have, you know, uh, five uh, main stakeholders when it comes to the smart citizen. As I say, it's not about one city, one uh, one sector going to achieve that uh, vision. The first thing that I have to mention is the government. Why we need the government? And as I mentioned, each one of these government uh, bodies that I have mentioned earlier, they have specific role. And the government, they are always having the, the regulations, the policies, the laws. So when it comes to the technology, sometimes we need them or the infrastructure. We might need new laws, new regulations, so they can accelerate the process of smart cities. And the private sector, I always call the private sector the pioneers, the one who are going to implement the smart city projects because it's everywhere, not just in Oman or the Middle East, everywhere. You know, the government, they say, we are not ready to take risk and invest in technology. You, private, take the risk, do it, and we will watch you and support you. So it's always, you know, the private sector who are coming and they say, we will do and implement this project. We are bringing to you smart solution. And I'm really so much proud to say that I'm now part of NEC. It is a semi-government, but we are mostly a private sector. So we are trying to implement uh, smart solutions. So uh, when it comes to the smart solutions, we go to the government, or let me say to the organization, and we say, we are bringing our funding model. And when I say funding model, this is one of the you know uh, issues that I need to focus on it. It's everywhere. Everyone is speaking about the funding model. What is the best funding model for smart cities? Because they always consider technology is so much expensive. So how can we really, uh, you know, uh, learn from the other funding models 
around the world. Uh, we at uh, you know uh, NEC uh, we are using uh, one of the models which is called a put or let me say SaaS pay uh, per service or pay per data. We started for smart metering and now we are you know uh, for example get our payment through the data that we provided to the service providers in electricity or water and there's other utilities coming soon. The third uh, stakeholder is the academia. We cannot continue our lives without the academia or let me say the sustainable development because whenever we say sustainable development it's always linked with the academia and the research and the R&D and then we have also the SMEs. If you are going to speak about the digital economy and we want to provide, you know, like create new opportunities, this the SMEs are very, you know, uh, important for us. So we can, you know, uh, empower, let me say, or improve the uh, infrastructure or technology by giving these opportunities for SMEs. And the last one is the most important for me is uh, the main player, the individuals. Me, you, and all all of the people who are attending today this uh, event because we are the one who are going to experience living in these cities or let me say experience using some of these smart solutions. So if we can go with these, you know, this uh, uh, smart ecosystem, we're going to succeed because we're going to cover all the different stakeholders in our communities. So this is great for the culture. And I can see that, you know, most of the countries in the Middle East are now doing great. Everyone is now, you know, competing. Even when it comes to Oman, everyone, for example, coming to us and they say, we need to be the first uh, smart city in Oman. And uh, now we are working closely uh, as a national energy center, we are working closely with the government uh, so we can implement smart city projects we are working also closely with three different organizations and whenever we sign mou the other organization they can say why did you sign with them first we wanted to be the first so you can see there's like now you know competition between everyone because also the government they have to set some indicators for smart cities in order to see the progress of each city so they can take them also as a good pilot project so it can be at a national level also Yeah, uh, thank you for uh, Leila. Leila, I hope you can, I don't know, uh, adjust your internet because sometimes it is uh, saying it's a little bit weak and providing... Mm, I'm really sorry about that. You know, I got this issue today and I was calling the knock. Uh, it's good one hour ago and they're going to fix it. Is okay. it a lot or hopefully it's not going to be worse? <laughs> Let's hope not. Uh, it's not going to be worse. Uh, with that, that's uh, great. Uh, <laughs> um, let's move to, uh, there's a question by, uh, by Fahad Al-Farah. Uh, actually, it's a, it's a good question. Who certifies a city to be smart or not? Do we have official certificate for that or officially approved parties that uh, overlooks over, you know, uh, is this okay, yeah. world this ranking, is... of course. Okay. You know, every year they put the This is the top 10 uh, small cities in the world and all of this. So, yeah. And this is actually a good question. And it's one of my favorite, to be honest with you. Uh, for example, when I, when I mentioned uh, Gamaraish, when I went to Gamaraish, uh, part of the EGA, the United Nations office, I was just uh, focusing on smart city indicators. So when it comes to these, you know, certificates, they, you'll find different uh, organizations who are going to say, We're going to give you the certificate. We do have ISO certificate so we can have, you know, uh, certified that you are smarter. For example, let me show you. In my office, I'm keeping this as my KPI for my team brought it to me and they say, oh, there's some certificate that we need to work on it so we can get, uh, so we can support uh, the projects that we are working with them closely. You will find a lot uh, and it's becoming like a marketing. And to me, 
I feel that we need to set our own, uh, you know, uh, indicators because every every city it has a unique theme. Every country it is different than the other country. We can learn from the other countries, but when it comes to these certificates, it is something like global. It's similar to when you are getting your bachelor degree, you are getting a global certificates. It's 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 getting the same just for global ranking. But if you want it at your country level or let me say at city level, we should write it by ourselves. For example, as I say, if you want to consider our smart city, you know, smarter, do we have, for example, schools or what are the number of schools? Uh, does these schools, for example, have technology, have labs? Is it uh, flexible when we, you know, uh, register our kids and so on? Uh, do we have hospitals nearby? Do we have playgrounds? I will give you one example, for example. Sometimes, you know, we'll find uh, kids playing on the streets. So how can we make sure that the kids are not playing on the streets? We have schools closed after, you know, you know, when it's not used. So why not using the same years of schools for the kids to go back? Why not to encourage our kids to love school by going back and playing there instead of playing on the you know, streets? Instead of investing and, you know, building new players for our kids, we should have our own criteria. That's why I'm saying we should, everyone has his own criteria because you might have all of these, you know, utilities, but we need just to manage them very well. And each city has its unique thing. For example, here in Oman, we have different environments. We have the beach, we have the coast, the mountains, and we have also the desert. So every city is really unique. Even when you visit the different cities of Oman, people, how they are welcoming you. It's totally different from one city to city. For example, my home city town is Nizwa. And uh, we are famous with making dates. If you go to Sur, Sur is in the, you know, very close from the coast. They don't uh, deal a lot with the dates, mostly with the seafood. So you can see we are mostly heritage and their seafood. So even when it comes to the jobs, which kind of jobs that we can uh, provide it for the people who are living in Nizwa and which kind of uh, jobs that we can provide it for the people in Sur, which are very close from the sea. If they are very close from the sea, okay, we can have, for example, projects, uh, touristic places, uh, touristic uh, locations, or let me say, uh, touristic activities, uh, very close from the beach and the sea. And when it comes to Nizwa, it is historical, so we can organize, uh, you know, the city to be smarter, pace on the heritage or the old buildings, uh, the market, and so on. So that's how we're going to uh, do it when it comes to our cities. So we have to have our city, our own basic, and so on. I, I hope that I have uh, been answering your uh, question. Yeah, uh, I think there's a follow-up from Gregory. Is it possible to give a smart city a certificate? Uh, I don't think so. It will define its own level of smart uh, this is what you uh, answered. Gregory, I, I agree with you. We can, as I said, we can go with the global certificates because sometimes we need it just to market for ourselves. But when it comes to the you know, level of smartness, I think you know it's about our people, what our people will need it. Because sometimes you might get the global certificate, but are the people happy and satisfied? So I'm always saying, don't just focus on the global certificate think about the people in your area are they happy and satisfied and i remember you know once uh, i visited one of the countries and they are leading in the e-government and i was telling them wow you are ranking uh, of uh, e-government they say really you know the, you know that the look they said really so we have to make sure that you know that first we should work closely with our people to make them satisfied and happy then we go to the global certificates. Some people, they go first to the global certificates so they can say, oh, 
on, see what we are doing. Then they come back and they work with the, you know, their cities or let me say the people. So for me as a Layla, I will say always start working with your people. Start, start making people feeling happy and satisfied about their own cities. Yeah, uh, thank you. I'm just going to say to our uh, YouTube... Well, I agree with you. Yes, you know, the interviews are definitely is what make, you know, people happy about that. Yeah, I'm just going to say to our YouTube viewers uh, that uh, we're taking your question, also your questions from uh, YouTube. So if you are watching us from YouTube, uh, we will uh, take them uh, also here. Thank you, Greg. And thank you, Fahad, for your uh, very interesting questions. And Fahad also says, yes, you answered his, uh, his question. Thank you for that. Let's move on our uh, schedule. Uh, what makes Oman really a leader in those in the smart cities? And I know they are a leader. Well, what is it doing right versus others? If you don't mind sharing some high-level tips. Uh... First, thank you so much for considering us, you know, leading. And we are still, at, let me say, we're still in our earlier journey. So as I said, you know, the collaboration between all the stake- stakeholders that I have mentioned earlier, the government, private sector, academia, SMEs, and, you know, the individuals, this is what will make us, you know, uh, successful and work together. And uh, I'm really, uh, as I said, what make now, for example, successful, that we as a private sector we are working very closely from the government because we signed MOU, the first MOU that we have, you know, signed, it was with the ministry because they were leading smart city uh, at Oman level with the technology. So said, we're going to be your partner. So we can going to start uh, in implementing smart solutions. We started in National Energy Center as, uh, you know, smart utilities. And when I say smart utilities, it's always about the basic service that we as citizens who are looking for, which are, you know, the water, the electricity, the energy, the gas metering. So these are the basic services. I am as a citizen, I will really feel happy and satisfied at home. Because, you know, many times you'll find people complaining. Uh, for example, suddenly they will find the increase with their bills. So the National Energy Center started the first, uh, you know, project in 2018. They said, let us propose smart metering. Because, you know, uh, actually till today, not everyone, they have the smart metering. We still have, you know, uh, cities that has, you know, the manual metering. And some cities, they have the smart metering. And if I can show you, let me show you one of the examples. As soon as I moved to here, you know, I started dealing with these sensors. Because uh, these sensors are the smart metering that now we are using. It has the electronic, for example. Because in the Past, it was, you know, uh, you should send somebody to read your, you know, data, your consumption for one month. If, and most of the old houses, they have these measuring inside the house. So if he come and find your home, look, he will turn back and he said, I couldn't find anyone. So he will not read your data. So they will they will make, you know, like prediction. What is your consumption for this month based on the uh, previous month? You might not be in home. You might not be using your electricity or water because you are away, for example, for one or two months. So imagine that you are coming back and you find the bill of this month similar to the previous month what will be your action you will definitely be you know upset about that so we thought how can we you know make people happier by bringing technology by improving the quality of life so improving quality of life making people happier and satisfied about the services that we are giving to them because nowadays people are paying taxes so in return they pay taxes so they are expecting to get good services so we started with the smart metering and now we are expanding and when i say we are expanding every day we are you 
you know, asking ourselves, what today we are going to do? What is the next solution that we are going to present for Oman? Uh, the good news is that we are expanding. Uh, we're gonna, uh, uh, we have already signed uh, different uh, MOUs with uh, three more organizations. So we're going to start uh, implementing some solution with a smart environment because we care a lot about the environment. And I already discussed that earlier with you, you know, uh, Rudy. If you want to make, you know, you know, feel stable and happy in our cities, we have also to make sure that we have, you know, clean air, it is clean environment where we can live peacefully on it. Uh, also trying to provide some smart solutions uh, with the smart lightning, for example, smart traffic lightning, smart parking, and so other, and smart security. So we are a little bit expanding step by step. Last time, I got one inquiry. Even now, you know, people started thinking differently. Now people started thinking just like us. They said, later we have a cyclone, Shaheen. How can it help us in forecast, in, you know, in the weather forecasting? They said, can can the IoT solutions help us? And say, definitely, the technology can help us to predict such, you know, uh, uh, assumptions that we can, you know, alert people what about a coming cyclone and so on. Because we do have some, you know, alerts and so on. But, you know, the amount of water and the wind that, you know, because many people, they were, you know, locked in their houses for two to three days without food. That was really so much difficult. And said, we need to find solutions. So now people, they are thinking about challenges and how can we use the technology to, uh, you know, uh, improve their services or let me say the quality of life for future. And I'm really so happy that because in the past, nobody was talking like that. Now people are thinking differently. Yes, thank you. Uh, things are, are really changing uh, in the world of smart cities and actually our expectation and the citizen expectation is also changing. And exactly. lovely to see governments uh, leading those roles or these roles to enhance people's lives, you know, make it even 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 better. So as we said, the technology is the, one of the main pillars in smart cities and we have many other uh, pillars, of course. What is the role of the citizen in this case? They should be the one who plan with the government. Government should not plan for projects without you know, engaging the citizens. Sometimes you'll find projects, but it fails because the citizens will not be feeling satisfied about it and nobody will use that project. Uh, for example, uh, let me tell you one thing. Uh, you know, sometimes some cities, for example, nowadays people, they started cycling a lot. They say they started to take care of all of their, uh, you know, health and so on. So people started complaining why we are not having, for example, a well-planned uh, area so we can do cycling because we have roads, but we don't have a place for the people who are cycling and so on. So uh, if we are going, for example, uh, to, uh, you know, plan for that area, we should let people be part of it because people, they would know the area of their cities better than the people from outside. Because, you know, whenever it comes to the project, I'm based on Muscat, so how comes I can know about uh, my city in Izua very well? If anyone is coming from outside the city, they would not know the nature of that city. So it's better to let people involved in the planning and they say, what you really want? What are your challenges? So we can, you know, solve and so on. So we can have different approaches, Rudy. We have to involve people earlier when it comes to the planning. If you want to make our cities smarter and it comes to the smart solutions we have to give them a proper also you know uh, let me say awareness how they are going to use these uh, smart solutions you know till today you know we have a lot of uh, smart you know services but people they don't know about it and sometimes we have to push people harder in order to use these solutions sometimes you might use the shift element so you can tell them it's no more this service is available you know on paper you have to use it by using your mobile for example so we have to make sure uh, to let people use these services because we create these services for people so they can use it peacefully 
with quality of life. It's a great, uh, you know, the citizen is really part of this big game. He's not just uh, somebody outside. As you said earlier on, universities, NGOs, and so on, they are all key elements of these uh, smart cities. What is sustainable smart cities now? Okay, smart, sustainable, as I mentioned, it's the city that I'm going to live on it and never think to leave it. I'm not bothered about the security or the safety because I feel secure actually there. But and uh, I'm, let me share one story with you. You know, uh, I live in Marfat. Uh, one of the reasons why we left our old house because suddenly it became crowded because that area it's very close from the university. Many students started uh, living in that area. Many foreigners started living there. So we get stuck on it with the traffic. No more we are able to walk like before. No more we are feeling that peace of mind. Uh, every time we just uh, hearing the noise and so on. So after 20 years, spent, uh, you know, living in that area, we moved. Why we moved? Because we couldn't find, you know, we couldn't find, you know, the happiness or let me say the sustainability that we are looking for. We are not happy and we are not feeling safe. And some, you know, crimes started, you know, appearing. As soon as we are leaving our home, we come back and we find some robberies or something, you know, uh, terrible happening to our area. So it becomes very crowded and not peaceful. So if we want, you know, uh, to define the sustainability is where I'm going to feel happy and safe. And that is how I can define, you know, the sustainable, you know, uh, cities from my point of view. Some people, they might argue with me, but for me, as I always say, it's about the happiness and safety. I like I like your answer. It really, you know, makes some sense uh, to all of us, I think. So now let's go a little bit on the, there's some questions here. Uh, what are the priorities at the moment in building smart cities from digital perspective? For example, is it infrastructure, better connectivity, more affordable connectivity? Is uh, online ready infrastructure saving? I know that also there's the 5G element now playing a role in smart cities. You know, what is the most, let's say, important one now, the priorities? Okay. I'm really glad that you asked this question because let me share with you our experience in Oman. Everyone is speaking about the IoT solutions, the IoT sensor, the data, so on. Actually, you cannot implement these solutions if you do not have the connectivity because, you know, the connectivity, you know, because all of us now we are, you know, connected to each other by Wi-Fi and so on. But if you are going to speak about the smart solutions, these solutions are connected to different connectivity. They have a private network. So when we started in 2018, uh, the project we said we are going to uh, use the smart metering we have to think about the connectivity so we said let us uh, make sure that we have connectivity so we were the first to bring the connectivity infrastructure and we collaborated with one of the you know our partners in telecommunication it was Orido and we are using LoRa connectivity so you cannot say I'm going to implement IT solutions without having that infrastructure make sure and you have to check for each country every country they have their own connectivity because some countries for example they are not using the uh, LoRa connectivity, they are using different connectivity and so on. So we started first with the infrastructure as connectivity, then we started with our solutions. That's how we started. So make sure you are going to, uh, you know, it's, uh, I can see on the chat, you know, it's a really good question. Are we really bringing some technology from Europe and China? Yes, we are trying always to analyze the best solution that we can implement in Oman. For example, when it comes to the smart lightning, what is really the solution that we need to implement here in Oman? So we do analysis for different companies and see, can we use this connectivity with our own connectivity is it you know aligned and so on so based on the analysis we do and the challenges that we face and so on we then bring the, uh, the best solution that we can implement 
in our own country. And uh, we are uh, trying to expand to have our own IoT factory. Because as I said, uh, we are dealing mostly with the IoT solutions. So we decided as soon as this uh, you know uh, company has been established, we also trained around 25 Omanis. We sent them uh, to uh, Poland and they got uh, well trained there for four months just so they can understand the configuration of these IoT solutions. So now we are preparing our factory because it's really challenging sometimes because you know the market is expanding and we are getting our smart meeting from outside from our partners so we decided to have our own factory so we can produce our own iot smart metering in this factory and the other thing that we are going to do we're going to expand not just with the iot solution with the robots and this is the good news that i can you know share it with all of you because we start with IoT, IoT solutions, now we are going to the robots. Why we need the robots? Mostly with the smart manufacturing, because some factories, they will need these robots so it can, you know, improve and accelerate the process of manufacturing. So there's a strategy now is being enhanced as we speak. Yes, because there's now a big demand on the market. So no more just thinking. We have to start ourselves, you know, making these solutions. Yeah. Uh, Fahad, do you mind uh, asking the question live? Can we have a measurement example for KPI related to heritage cities, cities that is built for historical places and tourism? And do we have any sample in the world saying that this heritage city is a smart city? I hope that we'll be able to answer that, Fahad. And it's really interesting because, uh, you know, when I mentioned Nizwa, uh, we have actually two historical cities in Oman, Al-Hamra city and Nizwa city. They are considered as uh, heritage cities. And But till now, we don't have you know, our measurement. But you know you know how they started? People by themselves, they started. And I always feel proud about uh, you know giving example of these two cities because we have old houses. And Oman, you know, Oman is one of the old countries uh, with history when it comes to you know, compared uh, historically around the world. We have a lot of mud houses. Uh, we have houses uh, built of mud. And these mud houses, it's no more, you know, lived by people. So uh, it, it becomes abandoned. And because it's becoming abandoned, you know, people started immigrating from these uh, cities, going to the modern places and so on. So uh, what happened in these cities? People in that areas they started counting the mud houses. They say, how many mud houses we have? We need to re-innovate these houses so it can be used again. Because when I said we are solving some challenges in these cities, what was the challenge? First, we are losing history. We are losing people moving from that area. People are no more feeling happy or secure because, you know, some people, let me say, the ones who are out of law started to hide on these mud houses because nobody is going there. Nobody's living there. So, so they said, okay, if you want to do any crime, let us just hide in these mud houses. So you can see what happened as, you know, uh, different challenges on these cities. As soon as the people of that city started thinking, how can we improve our cities? How can we attract more people to come back again to our cities? They re-innovate these houses. So they re-innovate it and they transfer it to hostels, hotels. Nowadays, these, you know, buildings, or let me say these cities, are becoming very popular in Oman and outside Oman. Now we are getting people from outside Oman just to visit these old houses because, you know, they re-innovated to be historical and also it can be also touristic places. So how how we can consider it as smart? You know, uh, the return of investment, you know, the happiness, the safety, the number, for example, of visitors. So as I said, you know, Fahed, we have to set the criteria by ourselves. So now they have number of visitors. Now they have number of uh, new jobs for the, they used, you know, the modern tourism with the old uh, tourism. Now, for example, the old re-innovated cafes 
inside these mud houses. And, uh, you know, recently I saw people are driving from Muscat to these cities around two hours just to take photos with one of the coffee shops in these mud houses. So you can see that now you are attracting people from outside to visit you. And you also have provided some jobs for the people in that city. So you can say the number of jobs that you have, uh, you know, provide for the people in that village, the income that, you know, the people of that city, they have, you know, returned back, the level of safety, security, and the level of happiness. Are people satisfied or not satisfied? So this is some of just, you know, the main uh, criteria that we can, we can set it for the historical or heritage cities. Interesting. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, and thank you, Fahad. Uh, Zaina has a question. What's next for smart cities future? Anything that would uh, connect citizens globally? I think this is the next chapter of, of smart uh, cities. Exactly. Totally agree with you. The first thing, Zaina, we are already connected. And you can see from this platform, we are all here connected from different countries talking together so i feel we are not you know far away from that uh, and you know even nowadays when it comes for example to the improvement of the services everyone now they started talking about the e-passport we are no more going to hold our passport for example for example one of the things that i'm really so much happy uh, to share with you uh, we used to have for example most of our cards you know printed and so on nowadays uh, we have you know uh, Uman Royal Police is you know the entity that is you know issuing for example our license or ID card our passports the good news that now you know we have now application and whenever you know I log to my mobile I can find most of my details there. Now, you know, we use in the past, uh, everyone, they said, can you please uh, uh, send me a photo of your ID so we have to take, you know, by camera, you know, our ID card or license and so on. Nowadays, it's all in one application. So imagine that uh, if we got, we're going to have this connected with different cities, with different countries, definitely that's not far away because we started to have it, uh, you know, nowadays uh, inside our countries. So I'm sure we're going to have that very soon uh, connected with the others, you know, uh, cities or let me say countries and we can see that when we travel when we travel we can experience is it really smart or not smart what really make me you know go back to that country it's from the smart service in their airport are they flexible or not flexible if they are flexible you will not spend long time in the airport if they are complicated and not are smart you might stay there for three hours so i'm always you know for example for me measuring the smartness of airports with the duration of time i'm spending in each airport very very interesting thank you zena for that question mahesh uh, leila because Mahesh came late uh, i think you already mentioned about net zero and circular economy and how will it handle if you mind just briefly uh, answering back uh, Mahesh uh, so we can move to our next. Okay, okay. thank you Mahesh uh, for, uh, you know, asking this question and as I said, you know, and I'm repeating that a lot, why we need the smart solutions and smart cities is just to improve the quality of life so we can, you know, live in a very clean environment and uh, you know, uh, one of our projects that we are now working on it is the smart environment solutions where we can provide, for example, IoT solution it can monitor, you know, the, you know, the climate, the, you know, the and net zero uh, and so on so you can now use these uh, you know uh, iot solutions so it can have different reading for the parameters and so on and because you know uh, what is really happening we have industrial cities and people are living really close from these industry, industrial areas 
So we need to have these, uh, you know, uh, IT solutions so we can monitor. Is it really safe for people to live in these areas or not? Does this factor, you know, following the you know safety and the HSC for the environment or not? So it is becoming mandatory and it's not luxury because people, they used to say to have these solutions is like luxury so we can show up we are smart. When it comes to the environment, it's really mandatory. Every country, they should use these you know, solutions so they can, you know, monitor the progress of the weather and, you know, the quality of weather uh, or the carbon that was again living in that city. So um, really, thank you so much, Mahish, for bringing this back. So I said always as something, you know, mandatory. Now we are starting with our first smart solutions in the industrial area. As soon as we, you know, uh, implement this solution successfully, we are going next to the environment authority. Why we are going there? Because as I said, it is, has to be mandatory in every country. Not luxury. Hope that you have answered your question, Mahish. Thank you. From Osama, as you know, smart cities have IoT infrastructure. How can smart cities ensure data privacy and security for the resident? Can it be have or have a negative side of smart cities? Thank you, Osama, for that question. Osama, you know, uh, whenever we are becoming smarter, we are getting more threats uh, with the cyber security because, you know, uh, and we have to be very careful about that. And people are really, really becoming smarter. To hack, uh, to hack our lives, to hack our technology and so on. And that's really affecting, you know, some countries, the economy of the countries. So we always have to be careful about that. So when it comes to the IoT, uh, we have to make sure that we are implementing our solutions based on the connectivity. Because there's some procedures, for example, for each connectivity, there's some process that you have to follow up. So you can make sure that your, uh, you know, uh, solutions are secure. And when it comes to the people, we have, we have uh, you know, to make sure that they are always having, you know, the sustainable uh, awareness, how to secure themselves. Because as I said, the hackers today are becoming really smarter. Every day they are being, bringing some new, uh, you know, uh, methodology to hack people and so on. So we have also to be smarter to think just like them, how we can really prevent, uh, you know, or let me say, how can we really uh, secure ourselves? And be safe. We have just to keep aware, and when it comes to the IT, just you know follow the procedures uh, with our connectivity. Yeah, uh, I have a question from YouTube from Lama. Lama asks: Is uh, smart cities aligned to national uh, security or the security force? Uh, how is it managed? Out. Uh, that's a really good question, and as I said, the smart cities should be aligned with different sectors in any country. Because uh, being smart, it means going to affect also the security of the nation and so on. And as I just now, you know, mentioned with Mahish question, sometimes, you know, the cybersecurity is affecting the digital economy of, uh, you know, countries. Many countries, they paid a lot. They lost a lot because of that, you know, because of the security threats and so on. So yes. it has to be aligned. Yeah. We cannot uh, work uh, differently along with them. Just going to see... I'm still here. Hiyam, are you with us? Do you mind asking your question live, Hiyam? Because I think it's very interesting. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm Hiyam from Beirut. Yeah, I'm, I'm a kind of dreaming uh, because we need uh, all the infra- infrastructure uh, to be built again before going into smart city in Beirut and in Lebanon. But just I had this question in mind. Do you, do you plan for bikes like in Amsterdam and uh, 
uh, electric cars that you can you can rent from streets in your smart city uh, in your area. Yeah, you know, uh, they mentioned you know the story of Alhambra city. They started on these cities. The people by themselves. They started, for example, they say uh, you know as I say, there's like new jobs uh, started. You know, or let me say new business opportunities started with these people because they saw that they, they have some tourists uh, coming uh, to their areas. So they started, for example, uh, providing uh, bikes to be rented by uh, citizens, or let me say the tourists, when they visit these areas. So as it is, you know, uh, you know, improving, people are demanding to have more and more. So hopefully we're going to see that uh, soon. And sometimes, you know, when it comes to the, you know, uh, providing the green transportation, uh, it is different from one country to another country. For example, for us in the Gulf countries, we have the hot weather. It will be difficult for us to drive most of the time. We're just driving during the winter. Because during the summer, we're, we're going to avoid. <laughs> it's really impossible to be outside. You know? So it will be, you know, based on each country, how they can manage that. Thank you. Thank you, Hiyam. Thank you. I'm take uh, one or two last questions, if you don't mind, Leila. I know your time is uh, running. Uh, one from uh, YouTube from Marie. Uh, Marie says, uh, thank you, Leila. Beautiful session. Who are the top Arab cities versus the world uh, smart cities as per, uh, as per ranking? Well, that's, that's really a difficult uh, question to answer. So because, you know, every city, they will say we are the best. We are the best. I can say, okay, we are Oman, we are leading. So it's really difficult for me to answer that. I can just, you know, uh, experience when I go, when I said about Gemaraj, because I visited Gemaraj. So I have to visit, you know, different countries so I can compare about this, uh, you know, this. Yeah. And, and every time I like to give you really comparison. And as I say, every country is unique with its own culture, with its own theme and so on. So uh, I'm sure that, you know, every country is in advance in something. Yeah, maybe leading in something versus some other country. Exactly, leading. yeah. Thank you. Uh, we're going to take the last question from Gregory. And then, Gregory, I'm going to ask you again, please uh, ask it live. So uh, with that, we will uh, conclude and we will thank Laila for uh, being with us. Uh, sure. Uh, thanks, Rudy. Um, Laila, uh, considering that, um, let's say, maybe 85% of future applications will be maybe mobile or wireless, um, now, what, what's your perspective on, uh, let's say, building smart cities on last mile um, connectivity solutions? Um, is Oman considering fiber, wireless, or or maybe a mix of these? There's there's different approaches in different countries. I don't know if this is something. But Gregory, I want to ask you the same question for yourself in your city. What do you yeah. think? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's an, I mean, a, a nice question from your side. Uh, in my experience, um, what I've seen, for example, I work in, in Europe, but I also work a lot with, uh, with the US and, and Latin America. So I give you the two perspectives. If you look at at, um, at Europe right now, um, you know, as you know, a lot of Europe already has a lot of fiber. Right, so yeah. fiber was obviously the first way to connect, but um, they're noticing that that as new applications will be more wireless, uh, it's uh, it's it makes sense to implement now wireless technologies. Uh, I mean, everybody's talking about five G, but there are different options to to implement the wireless technology. So even having maybe 95 percent covered fiber, now they're starting to implement wireless solutions. So this is becoming uh, obviously they've you know they, they, the mindset has changed or they're they're seeing this as as a as a yeah as a, as a need. Now um, there's also technologies where you probably even can skip the fiber side and and go straight into wireless technologies. So you actually save costs because you don't put the fiber first. You do the wireless technology and then you maybe strengthen with fiber. 
um, if you look at the US, uh, the US is still building a lot of fiber. Um, so what I expect is that they're going to invest a lot of money in fiber at the moment, but they're going to end up spending much more money in uh, uh, by having to do everything over again with wireless technology. So mm -hmm. if, uh, if you look at, let's say, more from a, let's say, connectivity and, and uh, efficiency perspective, if, uh, if a country wants to make sure everybody's connected, um, it's, it's much faster to go with, let's say, more advanced wireless technologies to cover, you know, larger areas, more people with this that's very good quality of, of, uh, of uh, connectivity, rather than going, let's say, a very expensive and very slow route of mm -hmm. fiber, because this takes longer, you don't connect as many people, and we know how important digital uh, uh, connectivity is, uh, mm -hmm. is becoming, and even more so at the moment, so. Thank you, Gregory. I'm gonna jump That's back to Leila. <laughs> That's really interesting, uh, Gregory, because, uh, you know, when it comes to Oman, we have a mix of both. Uh, we started with the fiber, but when we started with our own companies, we started with the wireless. Uh, that's why we say we are the ones that we started with the connectivity infrastructure because it was not there. And it was easy for us, for our you know, IoT smart solutions to use our uh, lower connectivity. So now we are having it as both. And uh, when it comes to the expanding, you know, uh, somebody prefers still the fiber and some they say, okay, the connectivity is more, uh, you know, um, uh, expensive for us and so on. So we, uh, you know, for each solution, you will say this might work uh, better than the solution. So we have it so far now, both of them. Yeah. Leila, do you think saying as in a smart way, in the developed countries, it is better to maybe invest in the wireless last mile versus traditional fiber? Uh, I know it depends on every country, but because the amount of investment needed for the fiber there and the last mile to be, you know, it's going to have a lot of uh, versus the wireless. I know there's a lot of difference here in the coverage and uh, you know what do you think as uh, one key element will be in, in that perspective well i'm not sure if i'm the right uh, person to go for that because i say i'm just you know answering at my level that we are having it at a mix and then when it comes to the connectivity we are still having you know uh, some challenges for example uh, we cannot for example our solutions if we are not going to have the coverage of this uh, network in that area and uh, it's becoming more challenging because you go to different countries for example we cannot uh, implement our solutions in the uh, in our neighbor country because they are not using the same connectivity and for example for the fiber it will be the same fiber and so on but when it comes to the connectivity you have different connectivities you have to make sure that everyone is using that connectivity so i might not be able to yeah answer it correctly but for us it's becoming challenging so it pays on the type of your connectivity we use the 5g but there's like different connectivities in order to you know use the data and connect these solutions yeah. together this is where globalization hopefully one day will join it into one frame not just framework or as also the technology to be able to interact all together and this is where we're seeing i think china making a leap because they are as, exactly. a, as a big government as a big number of people with a big geographical area were able to implement but mm -hmm. the, the minute you step out of that that zone it's totally different different technologies and this is where i'm just going to name few not for the advertisement but this is where huawei is developing their own iot's and so on of uh, technologies where you know and ran and where they sleep for a long time you know to save batteries uh, that might not be interoperable with other uh, ericsson or you know maybe cisco is also developing or whatever mm -hmm. other technologies they're also developing where they don't integrate or interact with each other and hopefully we will see that merge within the next 
next couple of years. We're still in early in, in the game of, uh, of, of smart cities. Uh, Leila, I'm going to thank you. Just, I'm going to thank you, Leila, a lot uh, for this Thanks, uh, really, inter- not just interactive and hel- full of wealth of information and value. Thank you for all who participated and asked the question to make this uh, more important with your presence. Uh, thank you again, Leila. We'll be talking more. And have a great week ahead. Enjoy. And thank you for being on the Talk. Thanks a lot. And I would like really to thank you, Rudy, so much. And what really makes this uh, such a really interesting the questions raised by different uh, participants, I really learned from them. So thank you so much. And it was really interesting to be part of it. And hopefully we're going to connect more and more because, uh, you know, the, the, the world is becoming closer with the connectivity. So hopefully we're going to meet again in different events. So thanks again. So hopefully to see you again, Rudy. And thanks again for hosting me. Thank you a lot. Okay. So, uh, Bye-bye.